Yeah, it's pop gun. You got to reel it back. But the, the the operative word with well the op mm, when it, we uh, whatever I lost it. It's gone. It flew away. And welcome to the NC Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast brought to you by us over at NCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Jack, you still don't look like an ichthyologist. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who remembers the past and more. It's Mark. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was a Mark pick. Nope. And we will dive, which was a he, Jake he's pick. He's going to do the plot synopsis that we we talked about it off air. It's fine. <laughs> which was a Jake pick for some reason. Um, for some, really what? thought that was a Mark pick. Uh, this is totally on we'll brand for you. Oh, Don't play that role. We will, hey, we will dive into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. It was actually And a hey, jacket. we've got a Patreon, but we are not where your money should be going right now. So as we have been for in a couple of days, what will have literally been a year. Don't say uh, We it. are donating all of our Patreon proceeds to Feeding America. Um, and so if you want to come support the show and get the cool perks that you get at various levels of donation and know your money's going somewhere better than our dumb asses, you can go on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror. That's A-T-O-Z horror. Support the show at your level of choosing. And if you don't do that, that's cool. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out and just having fun with us. Uh, but do what you can to help somebody who needs it. Uh, uh, we continue to use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a good list of resources of ways you can help fight the system- systemic racial injustice that continues to plague this country. But if you need a little escapism, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for the next a little bit. And you know what that means. It's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's go. Let's do beers for fears. That felt like more words than it does. I zoned most out honestly. Weeks. Honestly, I, I stopped. I took a quick nap halfway through. I took well, a nap. Zone back in, Mark. What are your beers for these fears? Kind of a hard movie to beer, especially in the middle of winter. Normally, you could go with like a nice spring or summer ale. They usually have like nice names of plants and stuff what? on them. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's February as we record this, and probably March as you're hearing this. So hey, I mean, guaranteed March. It's, there's like yeah, three there's episodes in between. What's eight, Thirty there, hours so. left in February, dude. <laughs> Um, so I, I instead went for a bit of a layup here. Uh, one local, one not local. Uh, the local is Uinta. Uh, it's a Doobie Imperial Black IPA, black being the key word there. And then I'm drinking an Alaskan white. So it's a black and white movie. I'm drinking a black and white Oh boy. Oh boy. So I got got a black beer and a white beer. That took me longer than I expected to get it. I thought black just because it was a black lagoon, you know? And that. You know, that uh, paradise. You know the part, you the part with the title escape. in it and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the part with yeah. the title in it. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's well, really Mark, a black and white agree, movie too, though. This is a hard movie to beer, although that was only because I didn't leave my house to get beer. Um, <laughs> it's been kind of a weird day, so I had to make. So but drinking around here. I, I, no, I could have made do. Or I could I could have found time, but I happen to have some sockeye hell diver pale ale because this is a movie about divers. They describe the Black Lagoon as the pits of hell in the movie. They're diving into hell. Hell Diver Pale Ale. Jake, what about you? I mean, you justified it. I do not recall that line. But it's I right you. before he says it's a paradise from which you can never leave. Oh, it's like Hotel California? Exactly. But you can <laughs> no, never leave. No, you can check leave. out of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I found it interesting that Mark went with the direction that he went where he's like it'd be better if it was spring or summer and you could drink something that's like flowery or whatever the shit he said i went immediately to i need a dark beer and i went to a black ipa stone brewing which i haven't drank in quite a bit has a black ipa called sublimely self-righteous um there's some self-righteousness and manifest destinizing happening in this movie we got a black ipa also this is like the second time I've drank a bottle since I got this desk, which I've had for over a year now on this podcast. And the it has desk a bo- with the built-in bottle it opener. Has the bottle opener, and I've never <laughs> fucking used it. So I'm super stoked about this beer selection. To be honest with you, hold on. How do I? How the fuck do you get I this can't thing? Fathom. Like, oh. there, I don't listener, the sound part- you're about to hear is his desk falling. We're good. Over. We're good. We got it. No, I think sturdy as shit. It, it worked. Don't worry about it's it. It's like mathematically impossible for me to not have consumed a bottle at any part of my house over the last year. They just year. don't come in bottles like they used to, numbers. man. They don't make <laughs> them true. like they used to. It's so hard to get bottles. I mean, there's like there's like three that if you're drinking, you can get bottles. But like if, you've, if you're sick of them and you're not going back, everything else just cans. You know, back in my day, out. back in my day. I already made that joke. Sometimes, sometimes I like drinking out of a bottle, you know? Oh, I like dude, I, lo- been... I enjoy the experience of drinking out of a bottle as opposed to a can. That's why I've been cranking on the, the Lagunitas IPAs recently. Those are all bottles. Those Southern uh, California breweries are sticking to their roots, man. Yeah, good shit. Good anyway, shit. Stone, sublimely self-righteous black IPA. You know what just occurred to me? I had another one I was going to get. Um, I have I have these little mini bottles of rum. Like uh, little airline bottles of rum. I was going to bring one of that because of the tropical locale, uh, but I forgot it downstairs. So, you know, not going to yeah, go get that now. Make yourself like a Mai Tai or something? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Busting anyway, out tiki drinks? <laughs> instead, I'll stick with the Helldiver. Good work all around, boys. Yeah, I'm sure no one will lose this week. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, ordinarily on the podcast, this is where we talk about what else has been rocking our collective horror worlds. But as we release this, it's hopefully going to be kind of close to the start of the month, that month being March of 2021. So we need to hit you with the horror release roundup or HRR over at our website, a to z horror dot com, which is a hyphen z horror that time. Uh, we will kick you a complete list of movies we were able to find coming out over the course of the month and write a little write-up, little jokes about each of them from all of us, links to all the trailers. <laughs> but here on the podcast, we're just going to talk about a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse pick. And let's start at the bottom. Mark, what is your bottom one for March of 2021? Ooh, my bottom one. <laughs> they say hi. Thank She's being so... Like yeah. Scooby Doo. Tried to capture their attention. Y- yeah, you're trying to like sneak around like Scooby Doo. <laughs> it's like yeah, that one scene in the one. mask when his pajamas fall off or whatever. <laughs> you okay? Do that, that again. Deep the mask cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's his Mark's favorite movie, other than Con Air. Con Air is a great movie. <clears throat> it's up there, and so is the mask. I haven't watched the mask recently. Does that hold up? I feel like it can't. I cannot imagine that movie <laughs> yeah. holding up. Uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen it either, but I remember it holding up. <laughs> Not Mark, your takes on what holds up. Okay, whatever. When I saw take, it the first time when I was it. 11, it held up. Ooh, starting at the bottom, huh? Um, this is yeah, a month buddy. that has a lot of movies in it that appeared to have been made in people's backyards. Well, and we can also just start there. This month has a fuck ton of movies. This month is the, bo- this month is the bottom one. <laughs> well, that's not true. Cause there's good shit mixed in. There's actually a lot. Is of, there, I dude? Like I'm five not excited about March, category. man. I'm well, excited. I mean, the the world's opening back up a little bit, and the sun's starting <laughs> to shine, and 
there's a bunch of movies being released that were shot in people's backyards, I guess. You know? <laughs> and yeah. you know what? Good for them, because it looks like they had fun while making it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It's not a quarantine hobby. That's a, We're just getting an explosion of quarantine hobby movies. Yeah, exactly. It's like sourdough and home movies. Um, mm. I picked a movie called The Heiress, which is not one of those ones that is very low budget. It's not like a massive blockbuster, but it clearly had, I mean, some money behind it, some experience behind it. And I picked it. I mean... Another month, another time. Mark picks the stupid period piece horror movie as his bottom one, but also that was all this time, buddy. Here's here was my here was my viewing experience while watching this trailer. I I watched the trailer, and then I went to write any amount of notes down about what the movie was about, and realized that I didn't have anything to say at literally moments after finishing watching the trailer because I had zoned out about ten seconds in. Started it again. Got about 30 seconds in, realized that when one of the the phrases comes up, is like I, I can't even remember what it is now, but it's like, till you know the secret or something like one of those t- like middle title card things. And I was like, what was the first half of that sentence? So long story short, being way too late here, but uh, completely forgettable through and through on the trailer. And there's about a 100% chance that I don't recall this movie after we stop recording. Frankly, sure. after I stop talking right now. Yeah, no, I already forgot yeah, the title the of it. So. Damn, we had the same joke. <laughs> the heiress. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I'm the heiress, that. nice. I figured that okay. would be a Jack number top one, though, you know? Uh, Yeah, well, I'll start at the bottom one, Jaco. And this is a month that had a lot of shit to pick from in the bottom one. But I oh. went with what might be the biggest budget movie of the month as my bottom one. I went with uh, King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong or whatever the fuck this is. Fucking respect, dude. I was so close to doing the same. I don't give I a was shit too. about I was movie. legitimately entertaining that as well. It's be- okay, oh. look, it, the trailer, unexciting, right? Giant big budget action movie. There has whatever. never been a good American version of Godzilla, ever. And that Kong Skull Island movie blew fat chunks and was just miserable to slog <laughs> through. Uh, I was drunk on an airplane. I couldn't even finish that fucker. Skull Island was kind of fun, uh, actually. Was I not. disagree with it this was take. Not. Is I that like the Peter Skull Jackson Island. one? No, uh, no. No. Peter Jackson was no, the King no, no, Kong no, no, with no. Jack Black where he forgets Naomi Watts' character's yeah. name. Yeah. I thought that was No, okay. Skull Island was the more recent one that was awash in color. And it fucking oh. sucked. John C. It was Riley like a was very the solid, actual watchable part of that. Thing. He is delightful. Delightful. But Just a fuck. Yeah, Jack, I, uh, I anyway, agree, though. I'm, this is, this is I'm a really not going to watch this. Uh, I've been burned on these no. fucking Godzilla movies and King Kong movies. I'm done. This looks like it sucks. And also, it's just like a, it's a stupid thing to begin with, too, right? Like, hey, okay, so is worth mentioning. I'm glad the movie got brought up. This is Adam Wingard, who notably directed Mark's favorite horror movie of is all time. He's a great director. What? Making what the weird... money. What a weird transition I mean, in his career that is. Not really, like James Wan directing a Fast and Furious, right? Yeah, Get not that really. Fucking cash. This is still more genre than that, though. Like, this isn't that weird a transition to me at all. It's actually. still genre, weird at all is, to me. I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it is apt to say James yeah. Wan directing Fast and Furious. You are right. It would be awesome to have a mumblegore version of King Kong oh, versus God. Godzilla, where they're like never. It's just people hanging out in a house while they're being. Actually, if you think about well, it, aren't like the kaiju movies, movies kind of mumblegory anyway? Because there's just so much talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually kind of wonder <laughs> if that will translate well into this movie because. I would. I mean, look. The trailer is just a, a hip hop song over Godzilla and King Kong fighting each other atop a aircraft carrier. And every single thing in the trailer is CG, which is exactly what America look, needs in order to see this movie. I, but I also would I, totally believe that then you get into this movie and there's actually like good dialogue scenes and the script is maybe not particularly strong, but at least like well directed. 
<laughs> I really hope so, but it just does not look like it. And I've been burned on these things before, and I'm this wasted a three hundred million dollar budget. Probably, I have no idea what the budget was, but it's enormous. Hey, if I'm they paid Adam Wingard that much, then they didn't waste it. You know, I'm I mean? really interested to uh, see like what yeah, this nope. money recoups. No hating on Adam Wingard there. Uh, he's no. gonna, he's gonna get paid, which is Definitely awesome. No, but yeah. uh, Jake, uh, how about yourself, guy? Real quick, if you do have a hankering to see a Godzilla movie, I think this whole podcast would recommend Shin Godzilla, which is a more yeah, recent Shin Godzilla movie entry, uh, and is very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, keep it in Japan. Is that's the reason the I said here. there hasn't been a good American Godzilla movie, and not there hasn't been a recent good Godzilla Period. movie, because there has been a good yeah, Godzilla like movie. like two years ago. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with my bottom one now. So I picked one. I tried to steer clear of a couple of, like, the real backyard things, and I went with one that's called Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayers. I mean, this looks pretty backyard. (laughs) It it doesn't to me. I don't know. It seems like it's actually competently made, and I'm choosing this one as my bottom one not because I think it's going to be, like, a flat-out bad movie, per se. Like, don't get me wrong. I do think it's going to be a bad movie. (laughs) But it doesn't look poorly made. It looks like something I have no desire to see. It's just such a specific type of humor where you have two very different but very goofy characters living in a goofy world. That's already kind of a weird combo because that's not really how comedy will work. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere. They're going to do stupid shit on screen for roughly an hour and a half. I would get tired of it in 10 seconds, and that's going to be the movie. Like, there's nothing about this that stands out as being entertaining or the type of horror comedy that I'm looking for. It's just too dumb for dumb's sake. Yeah, I- I'll buy that. I mean, I do think, and that's what, clear, I, I, think that's what I have a problem extremely with. Extremely low budget, but I do well, agree with that. I don't, I do, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the budget is. I didn't, I definitely didn't bother looking it up. There $300 million. Yeah, I'm sure. The thing is, this trailer <laughs> was actually, it. it was competently made trailer, I thought. It was just bizarre. Like, it didn't have the hallmarks of a trailer that's like one of those $10 movies at all to me. Okay. Hey, before we go, can I talk about a runner up, bottom one? Before we end the episode, you can talk about one whenever you want, buddy. <laughs> I want to talk about Come True, and this movie. What one is? What is that one? That's the 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 girl who can't sleep, who looks like oh, she's like ten my. years old. I thought she was ten until she opened her goddamn mouth, and I had the and weirdest she says, cognitive I used to have dissonance. trouble sleeping when I was a kid. I it blew my <laughs> Such mind. Such a weird line, yeah. And then yeah. Daniel Radcliffe's there for some reason. So it's that one. It it looks. I mean, it looks oh. like a well put together movie. Like it looks competently mm-hmm. produced, but I just it looks. So boring, and then also I'm still so bitter about being rejected from that sleep study when we were in college, Jake. Because Jack, left-handed. you got to get over it, bud. I never will. Uh, so okay. sleep study shit is not going to work for me anyway. I just, I just also this looks like the the worst parts of a bunch of movies we haven't liked. Uh, one of the first movies that we watched for this website, Jake. What, what was it fucking called? The Olivia Wilde. Um, Kind of like the uh, Flatliners, except for Lazarus, Lazarus effect. effect. Yeah, yeah, it was Lazarus effect. like a bunch effect, yeah. of that kind of shit, and the, the new Flatliners kind of sucked, too. It's all that stuff. I don't know that really it's going to be on that level, man. It's going to be on that I level. Know. I don't know. I, we should revisit, uh, Fla- or we should revisit uh, the Lazarus effect. Nope. <laughs> Jake Jake sent, a, sent us a tweet a while ago comparing the careers of Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood about how they started out as like 
America and Robert Pattinson at this point. And, yeah, and Robert Pattinson. Uh, how That's they started thing. out as like America's pop blockbuster darlings, and then just dove headfirst into these insane genre films. I respect and now, the shit out of I see that, man. Any of them, I'm, I, I can't. Go, I just go back to that image of Elijah I mean, Wood on a scooter. <laughs> Elijah Wood is the king of this. Like he will forever be because he dove like so headfirst into my heart doing Lord of the Rings and then going full bore genre film. But like it's ob- Radcliffe and Pattinson are doing the same thing. I think because they experienced like such stardom so young that now they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. But not everyone would do that. I hate to be like, they're true artists, <laughs> but they're true artists. <laughs> I don't know, man. Fucking Radcliffe guns akimbo. I haven't seen that movie, but I want to. That guns akimbo awesome. is pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to mention uh, that other movie as a runner up bottom one, because it, just was weird to watch for sure. <laughs> uh, even though it looks like a you know, well, fine, a finely put together movie. Let's go to Dark Horses, boys. Mark, Ooh, I'm excited boy. to hear about some Dark Horse picks. He said you had a bunch. I do have a bunch. This a is bunch. a month full of, I what I guess you would call like independently produced, more interesting takes on horror. Um, as my runners up, I mean, I have Stay Out of the Fucking Attic looks cool, and Honeydew also looks cool. My actual Agreed. dark horse is a movie called The Toll that I was convinced was going to be terrible by the first 15 one? seconds of the trailer. It's, the, this it's is, very Twilight zone This is the one oh. where the lady takes an Uber ride, um, and then they end up on a road that they can't leave until they've paid the toll. And then you hear that the toll is death, and that, <laughs> that, that gets kinda... a little, uh, that's not great. Yeah. But it does look like a nice, like weird, atmospheric, you're in a dark forest, there's like, detour dead end railroad crossing road signs like scattered everywhere it's a weird like time and space loop thing and there's this slasher that's chasing you around a, a forest ghost, while all maybe? of the other victims that he's uh i guess taken his toll on with are also chasing you and zombie, fucking with you zombie ghost cultists i don't know yeah um it looks right i got i got a big vibe out of this one kind of like the beginning of baskin um when they first meet the people who are also trying to I don't know, get out of the basket area. Um, but overall, I mean, this is this is sort of the tale of how I watched the trailer. It looked terrible at first, <laughs> and then after about 15 to 30 seconds, I was like, actually, this kind of looks cool, and then maybe it dipped back down a little bit there, but I don't know. There seems like there's some talent. There's some cool atmosphere. It's running this in the one, middle, like a yeah, true dark horse. I think it's this a true one, dark horse. I don't want to be early on this one. I want to like let some stuff come out and validate that it is good, but I, I, I'm not going to be surprised at all if we start to see more about this i would be more surprised if we never hear about it again to be honest yeah by that i don't know if that's true because there's a lot mm. of things that we see that are like i don't know this has promise and then never heard about it again and then we just it's have true. confirmation bias because we remember the ones that we've heard about but not the ones yeah that we no that's heard about. that's that's <laughs> scientifically how that works but i'm sticking with it for today's <laughs> episode mark okay cool good stance nice yeah i it like it i went a different direction for my dark horse mark though that one was intriguing uh i picked the the movie lucky um which was written by and starring brie grant uh this is kind of like uh what groundhog day or happy death day to you but like a married couple brie grant after midnight fame yes i just very recently fell in love with her uh (laughs) like a week ago watching after midnight yeah exactly (laughs) Um, she's surging uh, right now. She's trending on the. Jack she's on a heater, page. just like she Shutter. is on a heater. Brie By Grant the way, how's this? How's heater. this movie coming out? It's on Shutter. It's coming out on Shutter. There yep, are absolutely. three, at least three different Shutter movies. This, this I think month. there's oh, more. Yeah. I think there's yeah. I think there's five. I it yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah, they're they're killing it. Um, anyway, oh, this movie one. looks really interesting. It looks good. It's uh, I I always I already know that she's a very impacting and and like good emotional actor. I'm excited to see it in a little more comedic role written by her. Looks fun. Looks charming. Kind of weird, and I'm a little bit worried that the this is like Happy Death Day to you. Kind of did this. They're not really <laughs> the tired reason, of that. The reason formula, I like though. this. Is I am I I think the most intrigued I am about this movie is how the reset happens. Yeah, it seems like so. Happy Death Day. She dies at the end of every day. Yeah. Spoiler alert! But that's like the first ten minutes of that movie, and that's what causes the reset. This one they appear to win every single time, or they avoid it, and it <laughs> Which, doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not the same day. It's just like every day involves it, right? Yeah, yeah, and they've never figured out how to do like a fucking snare or something like that. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. We'll talk about this again in a second. We're going to come back to this, Jack. (laughs) I will tell you, I am not getting to. Even though, despite my reservations, that Palm Springs movie with uh, Andy Samberg um, and Kristen Milioti was also fucking awesome. I'm not getting tired of Groundhog Day type movies. It turns out. Yeah. Um, So. Maybe it should yeah, just be riff, just riff enough. It's a do great so- narrative device. Yeah, do something. It really is. Do something yeah. unique enough, and I think we just described like multiple things: married couple, self help books, navigating that. Not the same day. Good. Done. Yep. Anyway, hey, that's hey. what I picked. Uh, Jake, how about yourself? Mark wanted to say something badly. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Before we move out, I want to talk about a runner-up. I forgot that Jake hadn't gone yet. Well, I I was actually going to mention before Jack started that we blew by your your mention of Honeydew a little bit quickly because that movie looks fucking weird. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> I just have to give that one another quick shout out. I don't know why, but that trailer kind of smacked me in the face with the tone it's a it, good was, trailer. it was providing. And uh, I don't know if I liked it or hated it or what, but it was noteworthy. The, the sun <laughs> Steven Spielberg's is... son is in it. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Chandler, One of them Spielberg doesn't he have like eleven like kids? I don't know. Yeah, the the actual son, like in the, within the script, the son of the house that they stay at is this almost like Leatherface looking dude, except he's not wearing a mask. He also weighs like <laughs> ten pounds instead of seven hundred. You know, yeah, I slight mean, differences, whatever. just slight, just slight. Um, okay, can I move on, or did you want to mention a different yeah. movie, Mark? I mean, no, no look, I, mean, oh, I just want to, on Honeydew, this is one where you, you stay at the wrong farmhouse and you become a cannibal. Yeah, uh. except it seems, like, super funny and aloof, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, lighthearted. I don't know if super funny is the right word. Okay, I can go, Mark. You don't have anything else to say? It was, it was Honeydew? No, there's something I want to come back to. Oh, you hate Honeydew the, the melon. I know that. Yeah, that's fine. Well, yes, that is, uh, yeah, honeydew and cantaloupe both suck. That's okay. Fuck off. Can- good cantaloupe. Bad cantaloupe is bad. Terrible. But honeydew is always filler. Good cantaloupe yeah. is fucking. Delicious. Cantaloupe is different than honeydew. Cantaloupe has a high ceiling and a low floor. Honeydew is like kind of right down the middle at best. It, it's like it, it doesn't swing. Cantaloupe's never too great. swingy though. For never me. absolutely terrible. I'll never at trust the cantaloupe. It's, it's too swingy. Yeah. It's ninety percent of every fruits fruit salad, and that's why I don't eat. Fruit that's salads. weird, dude. It's good. Maybe it might have something to do with the density when you're putting the big spoon. Okay, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna talk about my dark horse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You keep. You keep. Hold on. I need you to invite me. You started this tangent. You started this tangent. I'm going with a movie called The Block Island Sound, which is like the worst name possible. It's so, a music documentary. I I went on a journey with this movie. Okay. I so I put the list together this month. I saw the title pop up. I didn't know what was going on with it or like what it was really referencing until I saw the poster. And then I realized what it meant by Block Island, like literally Block Island, which is in Rhode Island. And I was off from there. It got me excited because as someone who's traveled to Block Island by himself before and found that place to be very unique and oddly creepy, 
I got really excited because I loved the setting. It seemed like a perfect, like, home run, do something there, nautical horror in New England. Like, that usually works. Go for it. Then I saw that they had the 13 cameras guy in it who looks very specific. Which 13 cameras guy? The, the old the Teenage old, Mutant the Ninja old, Turtle? The old guy yeah, with like the eyes guy. and the The guy muscles. built like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah, that guy. He's in it. Then I saw that it had Jim fucking Cummings in it, who re- just recently <laughs> did like one of my favorite movies of last year. Then I saw the trailer, and I got sad, guys. I got sad. <laughs> like, something about this trailer... I also believe this is coming out on Netflix, which is interesting, and I expect a certain level of varnish to their trailers. I- it doesn't mean that the movie or the product is going to be good, but I think that there's going to be, like, a level of polish to what I'm seeing. And this trailer, for some reason, looks straight up, like, poorly cut type of shit that you do in your backyard, like, nothing going for it at all, and, like, it slammed on the brakes and, like, rolled the car. I, I could not stand what I saw compared to what my expectations were going into the trailer. That being said, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. There has to be something here. Never let go, Jake. I'm not Jake, letting what is, go. What is supposed to be creepy? What is the reason for creep on Block Island? So as compared to, I mean, it's really, it's it's kind of like a comparative thing when you're like, go think about like Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard or something. Block Island is more desolate than those and is less inhabited with the exception of like very windswept buildings and like the occasional lighthouse. And it's also the, the landscape is a little more, a little bit more, I don't know, dynamic. It has like bigger cliffs and stuff on the on the seashores so it okay. just feels more otherworldly to me and i think that that's a good gotcha. setting but th- there's no like montauk kind of situation there. no any, any like okay no 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 I, none that i know of i mean i was there for right, literally right. one day i, I took no, the ferry sure, sure. out walked around the whole island and took the ferry back what was the yeah. purpose for your venture uh i was an intern at the time didn't have a lot to do during my weekends and it seemed like a good thing to do that day so that's yeah. what i did all right yeah, that's cool. my dark That's a fun day. I am going to watch this. I, it's going to happen. I like it. Well, low like barrier to entry, I mean. Let's move on to top ones, unless, Mark, you got something else to say about another Dark Horse runner. Well, this is this is probably a good transition, but I did feel like it belonged in Dark Horse, and I kind of just wanted to bring up the movie Slacks, which is another one coming out on Shudder. Stop yeah. me if any of you think this is your top one, and we can just jump No, no it's not that. my top one, but I'm ha- it, it was on my list of general things to mention. What a fucking weird thing this is. I mean, <laughs> it is about a ca- pair of killer jeans. Mark, title it- card from the producers of Turbo Kid. Got excited. <laughs> yeah. Also, this was very, very reminiscent of that movie Bad Hair. I think that was one of the Hulu Into the That's Dark. That's one of the ones that Mark recently it watched. Was not, it was not an Into the Dark. That was its own thing. I do think it is currently available on something. I thought it was a Hulu movie. It might be it might be a Hulu. I think you might be thinking of a different one, Jack, but Are I you thinking of the dress is... one? I mean, I remember the haunted dress and wasn't uh, the a bad hair a haunted weave? Yes, it was a haunted weave. You We're y- just y- going with every bad piece hair of clothing and body. Movie. Um <laughs> I what the the vibe I got out of this one was rubber. I don't know if you guys if either yeah, of you have sure. seen the movie Rubber, but that was that was uh, that one's a little bit more dry humor. This has the you know, the jeans are doing like a can-can dance to a Bollywood song at one point. So it's a little bit more over the top than the dry humor of rubber. But I, I don't know. This would this was just a weird sore thumb that was sticking out that I just wanted to mention because it does <laughs> yeah. seem charming and weird and dumb and bad, but also mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, I think the other quick one that I want to mention was phobias. So phobia, they're not <laughs> What's a the ton, scariest thing you can think of? <laughs> not a ton of <laughs> interesting... <laughs> interesting uh what the fuck anthologies lately i don't know that i would say that this one is necessarily interesting to me is this an anthology movie but macy gray is in it 
Macy Gray's in this movie. That's cool. Um, I mean, it says five stories. And then uh, this is just this is just live know. action Monsters Inc. I don't know if that's the case, Mark. Uh, it says five stories, and then when I watched the trailer, I started to uh, see like different set pieces that seemed like they would play into an anthology. Well, I don't okay, have confirmation, I but I'm anticipating that it is an anthology. That makes a hell of a lot more sense based on what the trailer. My was. take is actually less on the anthology, and it was more of a vehicle for me to then mention that Macy Gray's in the movie. Macy Gray rock. I was just going through my list of like, what's her best song? And there's like 15 that could be on that list. She rocks so fucking. Uh, hard. The answer is the "As Told by Ginger" theme song. <laughs> okay, that's a take. It's a good song, dude. That song's pretty I mean, good. That is a good song, but wow. But it's also "Into the Deep," which he did with Galactic. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a Galactic song, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she does okay. all the I mean, feet, feet. It ha- she, she's got her feet in there. All right, moving on from Macy Gray. <laughs> let's go to top ones, boys. Mark, what's your top one pick? What are you the most jazzed up about? Uh, well, mine's Lucky. Uh, you already talked oh, about it at length. And you. I mean, I think that this is, th- we're we're at peak Groundhog Day, I think, at this point. Maybe 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 it already peaked and we're coming down a little bit from there, but it's still at the point where basically any way you're able to employ that narrative device, I'm willing to take a spoonful and uh, you know watch it for an evening. Um, I like the additional part where the killer is the one who's refreshing instead of everybody else. Um, even though the man doesn't appear to be evolving at all, he just kind of is. He's just this robot automaton who comes and tries to kill you every evening. Um, anyways, I, there's a lot that's, that's charming about the trailer. I feel like that will translate well into the movie itself. And obviously the core concept is one that resonates well with me. And even kind of at a base level, you, you have a certain amount of quality that comes out of that and fun and, uh, you know, interesting writing. So that's where I went. Hey, Jake, maybe you should go next. Yeah, I probably should. Mine was the same, and it was for the <laughs> same reasons. I, like I alluded to at the start of this whole segment that's over long at this point, so I'm going to go quickly. I didn't find much of interest this month, and this, to me, seems like the most entertaining of the bunch. So I'm going with it. I Really, for that's the same fair. reasons Mark mentioned, I don't need to say them all over again. Look, it looks great. I also wasn't listening to you guys so much because I was just listening to the Ass Told by Ginger theme song, and it does rock. I mean, Jack, I gotta ask you, would it matter if you had listened to us, or would you have already forgotten anyway? I would have totally forgotten. Cool, so what's your top one? My top one, boys, is a little (laughs) movie called The Devil Below. Yeah, okay. Great casting choice in this movie. Will Patton. (laughs) Dude, that's such a good casting choice. I, it's, I'm it's in. Great. Okay, so this is a movie about certain what Appalachian miners that discover a cross between a Mel's Hole and the Darvaza gas crater. This is like a lot of shit in which I'm very. Wait, is interested. the Darvaza gas crater the Star Wars thing with the lamprey in it? No, that's the Siberian like pit to hell. Oh, it also is whatever that Star Wars thing was the lamprey in it is. The Sarlacc pit. Yeah, it's no, also the Sarlacc pit. No, not the well. Sort of. So so quasi. you're not talking about the Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc pit is just the mouth of a beast that you get thrown into. Okay. You're thinking of the point where they're running away from the Empire and they go into an asteroid and then the asteroid itself is an actual beast and then it's like tongue comes out after them. No, I, I was thinking no, of the I was thinking, pit. I was thinking of the Sarlacc the pit. Desert. But what ah, Mark's yeah, saying okay. makes more sense. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for uh, at look, least giving me some credit there. Yeah. Look, I- I'm very, very excited for this movie. I am fucking obsessed with Mel's Hole. I really like the Darzava gas crater, Darvaza gas crater. And this, I would that, love to see are... your dating profile, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Little green ghouls, buddy. <laughs> 
those are very cool folkloric things from which to draw. Uh, actually, one of them's folklore, the other one's just real. Um, and and then you got fucking the coach from Remember the Titans, and I am all dude. The way and on his board. wardrobe is basically just the same. He he's basically the guy from Rare Exports in this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and then also there's like it looks like there's going to be some really cool found footage elements like the Mel's whole parts of this. So they're lowering a camera as far down as they can and getting weird readings from it. The, I'm so excited. I do have they to better say, have have a fucking vibes. Jack, they better have a fucking sheep go down there and come back up with a with tumor a, that a seal with human eyes comes out of. Mm-hmm. Jack, I do That's have to say, they're like near, near the end of the trailer. It starts to show you the CG and the CG is CGE. I don't care. I'm very excited. I kind of am in the same boat. Like, if I'm prepared, if I know it's going to look like that, then whatever. I mean, I really like Dark Was the Night, and that movie CG was bad. <laughs> I get Dark Was the Night, and It Comes at Night mixed up. Dark Was Dark the Night was is the one with the was... bad CG, and It Comes at Night had no CG. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dark yeah. Was the Night was the was the one with uh, Kevin Durand in it. and there, The like, environmentalism-themed yes. uh, monster. Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit, bleep it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is all of our. That's everything, right? Yeah, we got to move on. Fuck Okay, cool. Feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was famously a Jake pick. Totally. Jake, talk to us about this pick a little bit there, buddy. Uh, well, it's a classic that birthed one of the classic horror film monsters, and it's one of the few classics, Jack, that we haven't reviewed on the website, so I felt like we should probably review said classic. Also, I've been interested to watch it since Mark took the plunge for the first time, I don't know, what, two years ago now? I hell-dived right into it. You hell-dived right into it. (laughs) Um... And he came back with a more glowing recommendation than I expected, and it's been for fucking... I I don't know if... Okay, we're, we're going right into the next segment, Jack. I don't know if I've ever seen this, like, sit down, pay attention to it cover to cover Those before. Those segments are loose anyway. It just exists, you know? And then I, it's definitely something that has been on uh, because my mom finds a way when I was... Well, she found a way when I was a child. I'm sure she still does to put on black and white horror movies on weekends, and so it would just be there. But yeah. I never really paid attention to it. Yeah. I mean, this this is one that I watched like when I was a kid, but haven't watched since. And then I watched it within the last year for a lost beers for fears. Oh, oops. Sorry. Um, Why would that have oh, been a good. lost beer for fears? Beer for fears thing. I, don't I know, but probably I didn't with... have any other ideas. And... <laughs> well, I mean, the Patreon, the Patreon members, paid, I can't say it right. Whatever. They just had Patons? to pick one. So it was their choice, not ours. Well, Mark makes the list, but still. I know, but it was one of three. Yeah. Hey, look, anyway, so I, t- I told you this when you picked it, but either way, I also told you I was very happy to watch it again because I was also delighted to have recently watched huh. it, I think. And I also talked about it pretty glowingly when I watched it four months Shit, ago. Shit, I don't remember that at ago. all. Yeah. Um, so Surprising. either way, I've, I've watched it pretty recently. And then when I was a kid, Mark, you're kind of in the no for the first time Somewhere a couple of years ago. Right. Oh, was that a question? I felt like he yes, just maybe. Mumbled. I don't he, know. He man. said a statement at you, Mark. He said he did the classic interviewer thing where the interviewer just says some shit at you and then hands the mic to you like you're supposed to react. (laughs) So you're a famous actor. Who's talking now? (laughs) They're just better at picking up the baton than you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the reason I had watched this initially, uh, probably two years ago now, 
was my New Year's resolution at the time was to go and cross off a bunch of my blind spots of these classic horror movies that I hadn't really ever gone through. So the first time I had watched this was 2019, 18, whenever I watched this. Um, and it was kind of part of a whole slog that I did of going back through the classics. Don't call it a slog. Well, I well, mean, it's a slog for a lot of them, but spoiler alert, not for this one. In exactly. My opinion. Exactly. Well, they and don't that, all have was... Julia Adams, okay? Oh yeah. my God! And her oh my Twenty-five thousand dollar legs. <laughs> okay, well, we'll dive all into that. But first, Jake, you picked this movie. You know what that means. You have to hit us with a thirty-second plot synopsis. Thirty seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's gonna start when you start. Geologists in the Amazon find a fossilized hand and take it back to try to get some funding because it looks cool as shit. They return to find their entire camp has been decimated and end up going on this mission to figure out A, what happened, and B, recover the rest of that goddamn fossilized skeleton. Uh, Turns out they think that it washed into the river and then was swept into the Black Lagoon below. They end up encountering a living version of the creature. It's this Gilman creature from the Black Lagoon. He offs a lot of them. Uh, He eventually steals Julia Adams' character, but they get her back and kill him time Time. yeah pretty good pretty much it you're saying julia adams isn't it julia adams it's julia adams oh okay i don't know that's a guess (laughs) (laughs) it's such an authoritative guess yeah it was a very i'm pretty sure it's julia is it julia it is julie it's julie no way yeah Yeah, julie adams Mm, i said it. she's my fucking soulmate i should know Wow, I need to tell Bree whatever her name is. Oh shit! No, okay. Mm. Oh, we have a we have a conspiracy on our hands, gentlemen. Uh oh. Okay. What is? Are you in a Berenstein? Oh, she's she's credited as Julia Adams, but her name is Julie Adams. There, she's both. (laughs) Okay. It literally says Julie Adams, billed as Julia Adams, towards the beginning of her career. I mean, her name is actually (laughs) Betty May Adams, so. Julie is better. Fucking screen actor. <laughs> and I like Julia more. Julia's a little more unique than Julie. Well, I feel like both are a little more IE, unique in the 50s. I, I like Julie IE. That's a good one. I do too. What yeah, is too. As, a, as compared to what? As, well, hey, as opposed to hey, July. Hey, that's I just start July. talking about all this stuff that the movie does right, namely Julie Adams. But first, we have another segment to get it's through. Just first, July. Which is what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except classic? Because I'm taking that one. Monster. Yeah. Yeah, creature feature. <laughs> it's a classic yeah, monster. Is monster movie. different from creature feature? Is one a sub sub genre? No, no, no. no monster the and creature feature are the same thing. They're the same. Um, monster and I mean, when creature is in the name of the movie, it, that, I, I feel like this might be the This the is like the archetype for creature, creature features. features as a yeah. name. Yeah. I think yeah. that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I it's know. one of the four, five, four or five classic creatures. Yeah. Frankenstein's yeah, monster, monsters. the mummy, going to be Creed, part Gilman, but this one's Wolfman. More so than any other, like, fits what we now understand to be the archetype of the creature feature, where you see just bits and pieces of it for a long time. Oh, well, now you're getting itself. into what the movie does right. <laughs> well, okay, cool. Let's let's do it. Seamless transitions all the way around. Yeah, I to me, I think this movie, I was not anticipating or expecting, like, the way it treated the creature as the big umbrella thing, and I you could break that down into a couple things. First of all... I really it didn't do it like for the length of the whole movie, but it still did really cool little you get a morsel of the creature here and there before you see it. And then it kind of does that same thing over and over again. I don't, I don't really know why there. Still really cool. 1954. Love the way they handled that. Secondarily, because I'm gonna keep going. The actual creature looks 
fucking awesome. I mean, it's like you you build a suit and it's going to look pretty good, but I was astounded at how great this thing looked for pretty it much the great. entire movie. For all the underwater scenes too, I would just want to jump in. All the under—it looks so fucking. The one where they kind of chase it and it slithers its way like around yeah. the side of the rock and then down into the murky, yeah. inky Build, blackness building below. real shit that fucking will fit real shit. people, and you can let like a diver swimmer. It's yeah. it's amazing, and dude. It looks fantastic. I loved reading about all the production of this where it took like they had 14 hour shooting days and the suit would get so hot he just had to be hosed off every half hour because <laughs> he was just getting too fucking hot. or yeah, like, they sure were just like okay you have to be underwater for five minutes so yeah hyperventilate and then yeah. duck under cool <laughs> see you later imagine how pruned your body would be oh my god well you got the whole suit on maybe not really I think he'd still prune and 1954 <clears throat> okay then oh you're saying people didn't prune in 1954 no, I'm saying he had the whole fucking suit. And then it was good. because I want to talk about the underwater scenes. What? They're the so fuck? fantastic. This yeah, the underwater the scenes are amazing. We've fired through what the movie does right in so long. but this, We've We're already not... crossed off like four of the big ones. <laughs> I would like to like belabor the point a little bit. but Oh, we're going to belabor all the points. Oh, we're going sure. to shotgun them out there and then reel them in. <laughs> it's like a pop gun, you know? Like, you know what I'm talking exactly. about? You shoot it, and then you just... And put it back... Okay, whatever. Mark, you can't shoot skeet without throwing a disc out there, you know? I I say that commonly. That's a that's a frequent Markism, yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, Jack, uh, shoot your skeet. I, I was... I was... Ah, <laughs> uh, skeet, skeet. This is what got... <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> God damn it, you could leave it. You're an adult. You could leave it. No, I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't. It I was know, right there, I know, Jake. I know. Uh, I, this is what got me so enthralled with the film besides Julie Adams the when I watched it the most recently was the underwater scenes are unbelievably cool yeah the the I mean obviously the most iconic scene in this movie is him like swimming parallel to Julie Adams like underneath her sure. she's swimming on yeah, the water yeah. surface the, the real first underwater encounter that, that's like they call that cool. like the ballet scene I think yeah and I get why a hundred percent it's I... fucking amazing looking <laughs> I am very curious watching this now after, you know, years of having watched these other classics. I feel like this has to have informed so many other shots in horror. Yep. And that one specifically, I honestly think takes a little bit away from Jaws. To- 100%. Where this movie takes some stuff away Jaws from Jaws. Shot. Jaws was not the first thing to do these underwater shots no. of legs and stuff. Yeah. No. They did it in 1954. Yeah, yeah. this this Fuck. movie it's... it doesn't take away from Jaws. What it does is if you're uh, if you're a viewer that has seen Jaws and not this, which most people are going to be that are alive right now and are younger especially, it will watching this movie will give you like more context to view Jaws with and it will show you that a lot of that was them tipping their hat to this movie. It could not not have been. Like it's is not a, it doesn't strike though? me as like being a rip off of this stuff. It strikes oh, yeah. me as I've, being I've never homage. heard I've never heard Creature from the Black Lagoon being leveraged as an inspiration for Jaws. And there's a lot of information about Jaws and like the filmmaking process mm-hmm. there. It might so have just been just that inside Jaws me. podcast I listened to a bunch, but they talked about it a bunch on there. Oh they did okay. they, they they claimed Spielberg said that Creature from the Black I mean there's Lagoon no way you an inspiration. couldn't yeah. It wasn't dun 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 da da dun dun. It was dun 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 da da dun dun. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. That um, makes that makes me yeah. feel better. If he acknowledges that, then okay. I guess I just it's just my own my own well uneducated opinion. A, a podcast on the Wondery Podcast Network claimed that he acknowledged it, so I take it as gospel. Yeah, I'm okay with that. 
The yeah. internet said it. Someone else said it. That counts as double source journalism, <laughs> I think. Two sources, me and them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Now I'm telling you guys, it's triple it, triple sourced. Um, but uh, that those two, like that scene in particular, the the ballet scene is unbelievable. And the other one, I talked about it just a minute ago, but where they're chasing him, that I just can't get over. I went back and I watched it like three or four times where it... The, he has the monster slides down around under that rock, like into the murky black. It's so fucking cool. And the way he moves, like, is an aquatic creature because he's like moving around in three dimensions. It's not just like a human swimming. It's so fucking good. I like these scenes, but I will fully disagree with your take here because it was something I kind of wanted to figure out how to couch in a nitpicks of the movement of the creature is very clearly a human, human. a diver. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> most a person of them swimming. Still, it's like still a great for job. that one. It is the least efficient way of moving through water possible. We should probably <laughs> well, except for that um, one where he goes like slides sidles down the rock and goes upside down to get it. Like, yeah, that, but then that's the just because he grabs a root and pulls. <laughs> it's but Mark, it's still it's still cool. Like I think there's a, a part of a part of it that's cool to know that they just have a swimmer slash diver in this suit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, and he's 100%. moving and it's incredibly athletic. Probably worth name checking the guy who played Gilman underwater. Now Riku Browning definitely been dead for forever, but. Good job, bro. <laughs> Jesus. He was dead when they made this movie. I mean, <laughs> like, because, been dead right, for because 50 years. Two people play Gilman, right? There's the above Holy water shit, and, he's like, still alive. I'm an idiot. Gilman. I'm an asshole. He's probably the only one that's alive still. <laughs> Fuck, he's still alive. I should have known that the diver or swimmer ass. would be alive. He is 90 years old. Yeah, yeah I, bet he's still, I bet he could still hold his breath longer than any of the three of us. Damn, he's so handsome. I'm looking at a picture of him in 1954. That guy's here's, hair. Dude, here's something else this movie does right. So, just chock-a-block full of hunks, this movie. Including, they even got secret hunks wearing Gilman costumes. <laughs> secret, <laughs> secret hunks. <laughs> it's hunks all the way down. It's just, it's hunks all the way down. It's just hunks. That's all this movie is. <laughs> it's chunks of hunks. Fucking oh even, God. like, but in the early parts, like, the extras they got to be slaughtered by the monster are fucking hunks. Which, by the way, reminded me of arachnophobia. With yeah. another thing that this movie probably it's a good oh point. yeah it's a good hunks point. with a with a bad he man bowl cut but still hunks hey yeah I mean you know haircuts come and go <laughs> look at my haircut Jack <laughs> it's it not went. a bowl cut I don't understand the joke no that's just bad hair you know I got it's fine COVID man ruined my sense of humor too you know. <laughs> Are we just gonna? I'm just gonna keep talking. It's one of those situations. Please do. Please fill the. No, I don't. I don't. I can't keep doing it. I can't keep doing it. Uh, okay. Well, we we talked about it earlier, but I, I'll I'll drop another thing. It does right is Julie Adams. I'm all the way in love with her. You know what I thought was great. So uh, Julia, we watched this, and this is sort of stepping on the toes of the of one of the other things I wanted to bring up. What the movie does right. We watched this with my mother-in-law who was visiting us, um, and she doesn't particularly care for uh, horror movies. But I knew that we had to watch this for, um, you know, reviewing it. And we wanted to watch a movie, so we put this one on. It's an easy one for uh, to, for most people to watch. It's not, you know, it is a horror movie, but it is not, like, horrifying. We'll get to that later, probably, in the scare ratings. Um, and she fucking loved it. But as soon as she saw Julie slash Julia Adams, she was like, you know, fun fact, her legs were insured for $125,000. Um, and sure enough, like the top IMDb <laughs> trivia thing is that little factoid. Um, and the f I mean, there's a 0% chance that she just read that on IMDb and then parroted it to me. So I do like the concept that there is just this like 
this like lore behind thing. Julie Adams. <laughs> that we like, it's yeah. lost on our generation because it's just well, too far removed. She had the most shapely legs in all the land, and they had to be insured for one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in nineteen two. What is that? What is that with inflation? What is that with inflation? That's a lot of money, man. I mean, 19- that's a substantial chunk of money. Still too little. I don't know. Probably ten million dollars. They're priceless. Take a, take okay. They're priceless. I'd rather watch her legs and the the rest of her and her acting than the entirety of that fucking Godzilla King Kong movie that's about to come out. Well, I mean that's mm. not okay, sure, but that's not a, that's not an, that's not an apt comparison. Yeah, the, this is this is apples to oranges, <laughs> bud. <laughs> nah, nah. Jack. I would ra- I would rather but, eat a Krabby Patty than like literal human shit. You know, those are two things. Krabby Patty, also true. Yeah, all very e- that, all very apples not- to oranges. That's not apples to oranges. It is, is apples to true. oranges. You, one is a universal good, and one is a definitely going to be bad. So it's easy to compare the two. Okay, it's apples yes, to it crab is super apples. Easy. Then. One is better than the no, other. This, okay, that's that doesn't make it an apples to oranges comparison. I I, re, I, I fixed it. I said apples to crab Fine. apples. Fine. I'd rather eat an apple than a bad apple. <laughs> Delicious yes. flavors like peach crab apple. I've been calling her crab apple. Hey guys, I have the inflation calculator pulled up. <laughs> Oh Thank shit! Thank God. What did it cost? What are her legs worth? It's almost ten x actually. So uh, okay. one million two hundred fifty. I was gonna guess it was gonna be like right around a mil. So even better. Yeah, just there for the legs. Go. Just for the legs. I mean, okay? the top so, half's gotta add like another close to mil. Another cool mil. Yeah. You close think, to. Hey, she was. Case? She was the. I did a little bit of reading up on her. She was the like. Uh, Miss Arkansas or something like this that. This is kind of rough because we're like full into the objectification element here. But... Yeah, we're literally monetizing body parts. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is, is rough. Really it sucks. Look, <laughs> yeah. she also... It, but but I'm she, in love I, with her. I, this is the part where I come in as a white man saying she also did a great job in her role in this film. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Which is true. And I think that it was... One other thing that I did want to mention in this segment, though, in all honesty, is that I liked that she wasn't just kind of like the shrieking and getting kidnapped woman. I mean, yeah. it did happen, which is a little regrettable, but she was also there... like. <laughs> As a scientist, and she had opinions and wasn't just like smacked because she was hysterical, which in 1950 could have <laughs> was happened. a very it happened in a lot of other movies. Yeah, but she, I not mean, frankly, only that did... happened in movies in like 1995 and probably last <laughs> for year sure. too, for sure. So it could have been worse. Uh, oh would, yeah, absolutely. I would say I would say overall, this movie is actually kind of sur- one of the reasons this movie stands up well, aside from the incredible practical effects, is actually its general messaging and script writing is surprisingly forward-looking. Uh, yeah, and it's, mostly, of... it's mostly not the gender dynamics, though. Yeah, some of it is. Not, I think, I, honestly, is. I think some of it is, in some. what you were saying, of giving Julie Adams's character... You know, she is a scientist. She's part of the research crew. She, yes, there are scenes the where only she's one... just swimming around... In a swimsuit. It was it was like a 50-50 thing. I, on a, and honestly, for nineteen fifty, like that's huge. I, I cannot. Your character's the only one like bridging the gap between scientific interest in the creature and empathy towards it as a sentient being. That's like, a good point. She is bridging that gap between the yeah. two right. scientists who are on opposite ends. But 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 while we're talking about gender, I know this isn't what the movie does right. But we you, you can't. I'm not, ta- move I'm past not just talking line. about gender, by the way, because we haven't okay. gotten to the second half of my point yet. But go yeah. ahead. But you you can't move past the line. The problem with your plan, Doctor, is that we're venturing into the unknown with a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was shocking. It's Imagine, like but Jack, 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 Is there a way for adjusting that for inflation? Jack, butt. <laughs> Jack, can I give you a Jack, butt, please? Please do. Um, Imagine, if you will, for a moment, sir, a recreation of this movie starring Brendan Fraser <laughs> saying that line. 
I am all the way on board. And you maintain, you maintain a <laughs> hunk a in the lead role. Because that is something else the could movie does. Could this movie not Carlson. go... Could we not go back in time, I don't know, 15 years and remake this with Brendan Fraser? Oh, it'd be amazing. Okay. What is the movie does Is that one of the wrong? weird things about this movie is that it's like one of the only things that's never been fully remade? Well, and it's been tried to be remade like 17 yeah, different Yeah, The Shape times. of Water literally just happened. And yeah, everyone feels the need to like count. go on like this major departure. Shape of Water was an interesting film that I think was good, but it wasn't what i it wasn't this it's not it's not the creature from the black lagoon no it just utilizes gilman but just going even off the wikipedia the wikipedia page has a entire subheading called canceled remakes and there's 11 (laughs) of them on there they've tried to remake it like 11 different times so there has to like there is not an an appetite for this in the modern era which actually speaks volumes considering our current policies and feelings towards the earth also true, but the most recent attempt was it was going to be part of the uh, the dark universe. And we're not going to talk about that, dark universe. That, that sexy I, new mummy ruined that. Well. I am both grateful <laughs> and very upset that that whole thing got canceled because I really want there to be a modern remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon, but also I really don't want don't. there to be a modern. It's remake just going to be bad, dude. It's just going to be bad. Yeah, I don't know. This can just I was, live. I, was, I think this, fucking, and that's that. Actually, how, speaks- how how sexy would they make the creature? Oh my god. Did you see that new mummy? They would have made that creature <laughs> straight up nude. It's already it's straight up dog. nude, okay? It's already straight up nude. Okay. Let that me move point. us then to something else the movie does right while we're talking sexy. You didn't even let Mark get is... to a second point, dude. I know, yeah. Okay, you guys what's just... Mark's second point? He's gonna that, talk the, about the, the environmentalism. environmentalism side of things. Yeah. It's it's a very well it's uh, a very forward looking movie, both from what it does with gender dynamics in the nineteen fifties, heavy asterisk. Yeah. Every but heavy also asterisk. like the the interplay between we should study this thing and not kill it and we are a scientific expedition uh, versus the air quotes bad guy being like let's murder the fuck out of this thing and bring it back and put it in <laughs> the self righteous bastard <clears throat> yeah who gets yeah. who gets dead fast well not fast not he gets fast dead so, so for agonizingly long he, he has to like, get he has to get one punched by hunk va- hunk he, alpha first but yeah but that was one of the things that stuck with me was like I was. I don't know. They were aware at the time. They were like, yeah, this is unspoiled rainforest. This is something that should be studied, not something that should be murdered and put on a hunting <laughs> Hey, and guess somewhere. what's happening in the Amazon right now? <laughs> yeah. They they called this 70 years ago. Oh hey, maybe God. we shouldn't be doing this. I mean, this knew. is so yeah. not surprising for humanity, guys. <laughs> yeah, we knew it was right a long time ago. We ignored it. We don't give completely. a fuck, dude. Whatever. Sorry, but, Jack. But now also- get to your point. <laughs> If I well no, but I, if I on your point, Mark, he's he is the villain of this piece, and he's objectively wrong, and that is why I'd never find myself swimming in unexplored Amazonian waters. But oh. if I were to be swimming and I thought there was something sentient coming at me from under the water, I'd be all about shooting it because that's very scary. I I you know <laughs> that this is probably reason number ten not to swim in unexplored Amazonian waters because there are parasites, there are hippopotami, there let's are. Let's talk about how these scientists just do their skivvies are their entire uniform when swimming in unexplored Jack, scientists waters. They are hunks. They're hunks. They are scientists hunks. have which. My next point was yeah. Richard Carlson. That dude's a straight up old school hunk, and it was amazing. He's he is kind of um, he doesn't smoke anything in this movie, which is you know, and that's not what this movie great. does wrong. We're there. <laughs> it's, a, it's more of it's, a nitpick, but honest. he is a straight. He's got the like. He's not even in the best shape, 
of anyone in the movie, but he's got that old school. Like his shirt is down to his opened down to his belly button. Yep. Old school. He's, like, got the, he's got the nineteen fifties fit going before they oh, like yeah. cared so you much can, about. Well, like, dude, okay. Abs. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's there's the being cut hunk, and then there's just like the you know I'm in shape, but I still have some percent body fat. And Don Draper, I don't but, but, but also every morning yeah. I eat my full allotment of steak and eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, and he's made of pure steel. Like nothing's gonna penetrate that. Oh, he is he's such a fucking hunk. It is it's also uh, a little bit weird the the age difference between him and his female lead with whom they're like the love interests. It's like uh, uh the Audrey Hepburn movie Roman Holiday, right? Where that's like one of the the best romance movies of all time, but she was 24 and he was 56 in that movie like cuz I think Richard Carlson in this was 48 and she was 26 in this movie like it's not It's great. only 20 years, right? Whatever. Yeah. You know, but it's, it is he is he is a stone cold hunk in this movie. Does the movie do anything else right? Let's see. What have we not talked about yet? We've been. I don't know. Around. I've had a really hard time keeping track of the things we've covered well, Jack because of our shotgun it. approach, our pop gun approach. Yes, yeah, pop gun. You got to reel it back. But the the, the <laughs> operative word with well the op mm, when it, we uh, whatever I lost it. It's gone. <laughs> it flew away. Gone forever. That's the problem with our pop gun approach. We're pop gunning around too much on right, so we should at least go to middle. We can keep pop gunning around in middle. I don't need to. Po- Do we need to pop gun in middle? I don't need to pop nah, gun in middle. Know. I don't know. Uh, let's, okay, let's something. Go the bolded here's... list of items. This movie does middle. Just... <laughs> I don't need to pop gun it. I don't want to pop gun it. I might pop gun it. We'll see what happens. Here's the deal. I put something in middle that I wanted to put. I actually did put it in what the movie does right, and then I moved it as I w- as I got to like about the hour mark of the movie, and that's the score. So I really like the score huh. in this movie, but it's pretty <laughs> one track, and it gets really old. I think it's it, I think it's very 1950s. Yeah, I and oh, there's a so, certain yeah. like it's not nostalgia because that was 35, 40 years before any of us were alive. But it like it is perfectly of the time, and I think it fits the movie very well. But it the same thing keeps hitting every single time you see the Gilman, and it gets really old. It gets really that old. That is a carryover from operatic times, right? That's how you that's how you write things. Where I get you it. Use the same I get it. And this maybe this is the start of the transition away from that. I mean, you see it in other movies, of course, but something about this started to really wear on me. I guess I still like it. I think that it's a very like competent and it hits correctly sort of score for what it needs to do. But it shows its age. Maybe it's that it's showing its age that it puts it puts it in the middle for me. I, it's definitely a time capsule type thing, and I am not a film scholar. And in fact, I'm making this. You're the most film the scholar spot. of all of us. I think it's time but for that statement. I I do feel like this it's is a bit of a carryover from like the before they were talkies, where you just had yeah. score going over the yeah. whole thing, and you had to punctuate, you know, scares or just general yeah. things. No, I I, I understand yeah. that. I, I think I'm landing on it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule. That yeah, makes oh, it yeah. medi- that makes capsule. it middle for me. I like how it sounds, and it gets really fucking old. <laughs> yeah, Hundo P. Okay, I, great. I agree. Yeah, totally. Uh, I did want to, the only thing I didn't does middle was the the gender stuff because I agree with you, Mark. It is progressive for 1954, but it's also rough. There's also real world gender stuff that sucks about this, like uh, the the credited the guy credited with creating Gilman, the design of it is Bud Westmore, who was the makeup designer on the thing. But like, it's been pretty 
conclusively established that Millicent Patrick designed and created it, and then he just stole credit and refused to let her name show up in anything hmm, I didn't for know 40 that part. years. I didn't know that either. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so Millicent Patrick like created this really fucking cool design of the monster I mean, it's and then we just fan- never got credit. So for does it. this count as our Women in Horror Month entry then that we kind of forgot? <laughs> oh, it's fe- oh, well, it's God. coming out in March. <laughs> this was recorded in February, listener. Actually, I don't want it to either. It's from 1954. Well, the thing, you want it to be ratter then? Like, <laughs> I am actually, Mark, I am actually happy you mentioned it because we did neglect it. Bit of a mea culpa moment. Well, for we the did... record, for the record, we have been talking about Women in Horror Month on our Instagram page for the whole But month. we have not mentioned it on the podcast. And True. we're not going to be able to now. It wasn't really, I feel like it was less articulated this year. And maybe it's because we're in the time warp that has been the COVID year. But it yep. should not, it should not like go without mentioning. So we, yeah. we actually watched a pretty good number of movies that were. Uh, written by women, edited, uh, the writer was edited by Shelby, forgetting her last name, but I mentioned it on that podcast. So we had a few things out there, um, to, to, we did something. We just didn't say it at the time. Thanks for the justification, bud. Yeah, I know. I'm part of the problem. No, you brought it up, but you just didn't have to, whatever. It's fine. Move on. (laughs) Um, this is. This isn't a nitpick, but it's also not really something the movie does middle. It's just something the movie does, and it's another it's another time capsule thing. But I fucking love the intro credits at the beginning of a movie. They're great. <laughs> I had this note too. The narration, the, the narration is so. So the, the narration is one so thing. I'm talking about whack. the opening credits, where the first thing you see, and you only see this in movies prior to like 1960. Okay, is the is the cred, You know, directed by here's literally yeah. all of the people. Yeah, in the you movie. just run the card. Yeah. Yeah, you run the credits before you start the yeah. movie, and something about that just is is I just endlessly love charming it. and yes. also endlessly dated, except very not endlessly because this is from the fifties. <laughs> you yeah. can put a pin on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very finitely dated, roughly sixty-eight but years it's, old, uh, like, give or take. Yep. Is the first line of this movie also the first line of the Bible? Is that where that came from, Jack? You're I, asking you the wrong people. <laughs> I have not read the Bible, and I don't I remember the first line of this movie. And so. I don't intend to read the Bible. So, <laughs> in the beginning, there was nothing. I, then God I created don't think the, that's not the, the beginning first line of the, of the Bible. Bible. I think that's the beginning of like Charlton Heston's Bible. <laughs> uh, Mark, but I had that note too. The the so what about the opening credits? Did you like? Because mine was mostly about the opening narration. No, it's purely that they are opening credits. Like you oh, get yeah. you get the a movie presented by. And the production cards and stuff like that now, but just back in the day, you'd get like the uh, the intro to the musical score that's underpinned the entire it's like thing. Seven and, minutes of stuff and introduced sort of like the the musical cues that you'd get throughout the rest if it was done well, um, and maybe some like nice scenic backdrops or something like this. It was it was really heavy in like westerns and stuff too, um, and it just had everybody in it. And then as soon as that was done, you were off to the races and it wasn't expected that you stuck around for an after credit scene or some <laughs> other nonsense Marvel universe uh, yeah. at the end of the movie. And you're just like, you, now you were good. You, you knew who everyone was. You knew who it was directed by and we're off to the races. Let's do this thing. Absolutely. Guys, I have an update. I've made myself, I used some rum. I've got like a glass of half pineapple juice, half grapefruit juice and some rum and it is fucking delicious. Yep. Is that a, Drink of any kind? What would that be? I have Name literally it. no Name idea. It. This is uh, the creature the, from the the s- drunken Muppet. Let's call it Sailor <laughs> Julia's. <laughs> drunken <laughs> Sailor Julie's. Julia. Okay. 
Ju- it's Julie slash Julia. You got to say the full name. The <laughs> the sla- the sailors Julie slash Julia. Oh my god, that would be an amazing. We... Imagine having owning a bar and putting names like shit like that on your menu. That would be so oh, good. We gotta buy a bar. We would. There's so dude. I literally was reading a Boise dev post today that just is linking like different restaurants and bars that you can se- you can buy right now in town. It's well. Awesome. Let's continue this conversation off air. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. There are uh, a lot. One of them was definitely Doc's Lodge. Oh shit! I like that. Place. Sixty, okay. dude. It's like sixty or six hundred grand. Okay. Well, it's like I could. I no, could, it's not I mean, sixty. Sixty grand yeah, isn't six, like no, an unattainable a sum the, for me to let no, get lent nuts. to me. The, I think no, it might have been more. I think the the whatever. We'll get to it. I <laughs> it can just pull up the article. Dollars. No, something about the the liquor license was sixty. I think sixty for the liquor license. Next okay. next patron episode, we're gonna do a uh, personal finance <laughs> and, and small business lending. Uh, it's just tutorial. gonna be Mark talking to me and do whatever I haven't done. <laughs> okay, do- Jack. Here's what you're not gonna want to do. You're not gonna want to buy any Palladium or Doge coin. <laughs> hey, I've made money on both of those things, Mark. Okay, cool. I got out quick. Good talk. On the Dogecoin. I hung on to the Palladium for a little too long. I lost a couple grand on that, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, what is this movie do wrong? Here we go. Got uh, there. I, I need you to blow the whistle because I don't have what? anything that isn't a nitpick. I fucking love this movie. Oh, boy. Jake, oh boy. before I blow the whistle, do you have anything? No, no I was just surprised. <laughs> okay. Oh, so none of us do. Okay, cool. <laughs> is, this a, is this a first? I, I actually, so I feel like this is kind of... It's one of those things where if if it did do something wrong, it's kind of a little bit shielded by its age. And I know we've shat on like old movies before, but it I gets kinda, a lot of leeway. Yeah. It gets a there's a lot of runway that it has with that, so worth noting. And Take yeah, I mean, salt. there's there's that, and then there's the fact that it stands up well against the sands of time that makes Compared things to so many others. Here's here's yeah. one thing I Compared would throw to every out there. other like all of them. Is this the best one? Is this the yes. best one? Yes. Oh, yes. This is the best old movie. Yes. This is unreal. Well, other than Nosferatu, because that movie. This rules. is better than this Nosferatu. This is much more no, watchable no. than Nosferatu. I love. I am such a Nosferatu. is amazing. I'm a Nosferatu but I'd rather fan. Watch this. So. I could. I could watch no. this with my parents. I could watch it with my in-laws, which I already have. I could watch this with. Okay, you're getting into people. the. You're getting into. And if I throw Nosferatu on, they're gonna be like, <laughs> "Okay, Mark, this is <laughs> stupid," and I you're, hate you. You're getting You're getting into the thumbs versus the rating thing right now, and I don't like it. This no. is the easiest of the old movies. This is to why watch. we. That is a fair oh, statement. Lovely. That it, Nosferatu's barrier to entry is way higher. Isn't it? I mean, it's on YouTube. <laughs> no, I mean, like, oh, in terms so of lower. watchability, you have to watch a silent movie that nothing yeah. happens in for a long time. I, but yeah, that, and then there's, there's it is a, a, it is a unique, film of a wolverine that they call a werewolf. It's a unique <laughs> brew, man. Nosferatu is genuinely fucking creepy. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. It's scary. Yeah, no, we, we have already done an episode. On We're on nitpicks. <laughs> We're here's, on nitpicks. Here's, here's what I have. Here's what I have. It does wrong. Here's what I have. Does wrong is the sound mixing is something typical of the 1950s, which is uh, they clearly did it on a soundstage after the fact, where they're overdubbing, yeah. they're looping over the the you know the mouth movements that they were making when they were on set. Um, and that's a problem because it no. makes some things like pretty hard to watch. And even so, it doesn't really paint the picture of but you being on a boat. It's you being in a sound. It's all sound. Like stuff. everything's done on a set. I, I totally agree with you. But there's that runway we were talking about, right? Like this yeah. is all stage set stuff anyway. But, so like whatever. Yeah. 
my expectation honest, is for it to sound like this. Let's be clear. Yes. But if okay. we're being honest with ourselves, like there, we have seen worse. We have seen much worse where it does oh, sound okay. like both yeah. they looped it in after and the sound booth they were recording in made it sound horrible. Oh, dude, we've seen so, that shit from <laughs> the 80s. We've seen that shit from the 2000s. The worst like, movie I think we've ever seen is Bermuda the Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, we both, un- <laughs> we both <laughs> said it at the same exact time. same time. That was amazing. Uh, I mean, that was, it was unbelievable. That, was yeah. <laughs> that movie was shocking. <laughs> that movie was so bad. But I do think it's important to note because the area of filmmaking that is sound editing and sound mixing is so often overlooked. It's like the first category they do in the Oscars, and no one's even fucking paying attention to that point. But it's, and and it's, the movies yeah. that win for that shit, no one gives a shit about. It's important. And it is a, an art that has evolved so massively over the last I mean, 70 years. What mm-hmm. hasn't evolved over 70 years? But it's it's changed so much that when we watch stuff like this, it really makes you appreciate yeah. how good we have it now, yeah. and how that stuff comes off. Yeah, and it's so scorely in the you don't need Jack to worry about refoleying anything. <laughs> That's true. I it's just only want him to it score the whole some time. Of these things. <laughs> that was a fun project. That it, dude, it turned out project. well. I was legitimately shocked at how well that turned out. <laughs> I and you know what's funny is it I also just because there was a perfect that. opportunity to insert a fart is the only reason. It yeah, that was the whole. Now, <laughs> listener, if you're if you're not a Patreon member and you're interested in what you're hearing, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. Your money will you go get to access to America. me having. Refolded an old movie. <laughs> in in retrospect, we should figure out how to like pin that because at this point, I think you have to dig through like six months of posts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we'll figure that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nitpicks. Uh, my first nitpick is a neat pick slash a question. Okay. I love that they call the diving apparatus the Aqualung. Okay. That's just very cool. Hey, Aqualung. <laughs> that sounds nothing like Jethro Tull. Yeah, that was that was. I think that was me doing Will Ferrell doing Will. Doing oh, Jethro you Tull. sounded like one of the Simpson Marge's sisters. <laughs> yeah, you did. That was specifically <laughs> Selma doing Will Ferrell. Okay, doing thank you, Jethro thank you. Tull. Yeah, yep. was okay. So here's, but here's how I like that. That was very neat. Here's my question: Is was is this a product placement thing? Or did they just not give a shit? Because Aqualung is a specific brand, right? It's not just like what people called diving apparatus. I mean, is it Kleenex? I think it's Kleenex, but I don't think it ever got genericized. I don't know. I mean, Kleenex didn't technically get genericized. A lo- Aqualung, it all, it oh, Aqualung was founded in 1946. No, I think, no, I yeah, think it could have just like been one of those old. things, man. It could have just been like a Kleenex or a Band-Aid thing like where it didn't get genericized. It just was synonymous with what the thing is. And like the the companies didn't have a full legal team dedicated to find yeah. suing people who use their name. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and guess that that level of of branding has been another thing that has evolved over the last. Oh, hundred percent. Also, the, the distinguishing yeah. factor between the examples I gave is that those are commoditized like completely, whereas this is a very specific thing. <laughs> these are not. <laughs> these, this so is apples specific. and oranges. Yeah. So. This, okay, I'll agree with you yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, that was my first. I just I thought it kept calling it the Aqualung, and that was neat. It made me think of Jethro Tull a lot. That album's also, really good. I went back and listened that, to it the other day. Everybody should go back. Locomotive Breath is one of the best songs of all time. Which song? Which one? What did you just say? Locomotive Breath. Dude, Jethro Tull. I. What's your favorite Jethro Tull song? Locomotive Breath is my favorite. Mm, that's so song. good. Yeah, what's the What's the song? It's like My Lord or something like that. Dude, the the flute solo in that song is fucking out of this world. The the you know what the funny thing is I think my favorite Jethro Tull song is like the least Jethro Tully of his songs and it's the teacher that song is so good 
Yeah, but that's just like a generic classic it's, rock song. But it's so it's still so <laughs> Jethro Tull though. It's like Jethro it Tull is. made a classic yeah. rock banger, and that's weird to me. So I love it. <laughs> My God is the name of the track. Okay. My, it's the it's the number one on the second side of the LP. Yep. It's so good. It's like it's it's a. Seven I mean, Jethro Tull is fantastic and, like four and not much in, discussed. It's just a minute long flute solo. This is the Jethro yeah, Tull podcast. They don't even play Jethro Tull on the classic rock station in town like fucking ever. I have not well, listened yeah, to FM radio in years. Exactly. Yeah. When was the last time I intentionally listened to FM radio? <laughs> Other well, my Bluetooth headphones have no charge, and I'm forced to listen to nothing but yeah. my car radio because I don't have any CDs anymore. Womp womp. Actually, that's not true. I have one CD. That's a Venga Boys CD, and I don't know why I have it. I'm not that going there. St- I am not going strange. there. Strange. Uh, oh, wait. No, no, no. We need to unpack that. <laughs> that means at some point you bought a Venga Boys CD? No, I don't know. I don't ever remember buying it. It could just I, show up, Mark. Come I on. obtained a Venga Boys CD <laughs> at one point. <laughs> I kind of assumed that the Venga Boys never actually sold any albums to anyone ever, and they just got by <laughs> well, off of their Lagoon ads. Evidence to the contrary. It was spirited <laughs> to him. Yeah, I want Jack to have like the like a like a, the LP, like the double LP of the Venga Boys. And just like you know that the way that they speak to the music. I've got their custom vinyl. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 signed by you know Art Venga. <laughs> he has. A, I thought, he has for one. For a second, that. I thought you actually knew the name of a single member of the Venga Boys. And I was going to be very impressed. He's got a he's got a dual a double LP, and the side D is etched. hey i'll get us back into nitpicks when he takes that shotgun when he takes the harpoon shot yeah uh to to show the guy how it works Mm -hmm. into the into the mast or whatever he just fires it like arnold schwarzenegger from his for no fucking reason if you miss your harpoon's gone it's not connected (laughs) that harpoon was not connected and you're doing it for no reason shooting off into the space he's that he's dude he's that confident that's basically a neat pick that's just him being such a fucking hunk well Goes yes. all the way down. We've already clarified this. Don't miss. Yeah. I have Ooh. a nitpick. I have an actual nitpick. A peacock <laughs> call is heard throughout this movie, and peacocks are not endemic to the Amazon. Mark, they but are I have a question. Just no, 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 no. I have a question. Was this a uh-huh. you need pick, or was this an MDB nitpick, or was this an MDB nitpick? No, this was the first thing I heard in that. I was, don't know what that a, is a peacock sounds like right now. It's I the, don't know. It's like the generic tropical bird sound. It's like. Holt, Holt, no. Stop it. Stop it. I'm looking That's a peacock. Stop it. Scarecrow me. Why are you, why why are you scarecrow? You can just do this on in the background. That's a peacock. Oh yeah, keep I talking. Know. I don't give a shit. Just I know because talking. there's, I I <laughs> know because there's man, don't edit, don't put effort for in for no fucking reason. Yeah, let me just Fuck keep you. interrupting you while you're trying to explain your point. There's a peacock that lives in Boise that walks around, and you will occasionally from the zoo. It's not endemic to Mark. Boise. I think you're remembering things from when you were a child, and you're now in your 30s. That is no. A I know call. exactly what Mark's talking about. That is about. a peacock call. I know it. It was one of the first bird sounds I could imitate, and they used that to underscore like a bunch of different parts in this movie. And peacocks are specifically endemic to East Asian countries, and not the Amazon. But the, you, Mark, you described it as a generically tropical sounding call. Yeah, it's like, just I, wrong. Okay, no, I, I, I buy that. That's a nitpick. a nitpick. It's a nitpick. I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, I have a nitpick with the the guy they had on the boat saying. Somebody asked him, "Wait, you eat rocks?" And he says, "Well, I do eat rocks in a manner of speaking. I crush them, and they tell me things." 
That isn't eating rocks in any manner of speaking. Is that a drug reference? I don't think so. No, he's a geologist. He crushes rocks and looks at them and learns things from them. And he takes not, things not... from ingesting them. That call is but so that, yeah. cool. Yeah, so you're back and you agree so, with me. That I that's just a listened to it for call. a minute. It was so cool. Peacocks yes, are cool peacocks birds, are dude. Cool. I like I like peacocks. I'm on Team Peacock. <laughs> yeah, they don't live in the Amazon though. <laughs> I don't care, dude. They pick. might now bring them in spiritually. In but he you know? says I do eat rocks in a manner of speaking, and no, you don't. You're you you tried at wordplay and failed miserably. That's <laughs> yeah. Failing at wordplay is something this movie does wrong. <laughs> Something also, I don't think you can normalize pressure coming up from a dive when you like just tread water at a foot below the surface. Okay, so I don't yeah, think how deep you have to do it okay. every ten feet? I actually okay. do. This was one of the things I wanted to write down too. This movie is very sensitive to the bends for something yes. that does not come up I, in any narrative facet. I have that is, like, too. Cool. They, I like that. They talk about it so much. Like, how deep is this? How how deep is it? Seriously, you you see a shot where they have the little sinker thing that has like I don't know if it's feet or meters. There's it's a, if 40, that's feet, yeah. you're not going like to get 30, the fucking at bends, most, dude. Thirty five meters. I don't <laughs> think well, forty deep. meters is. Very deep. I don't think it's feet. It has to be meters. But also, so that's kind of But you can also see you, you can also see thirty that. and thirty-five, and they're like five feet apart. I, so it the the Ben's element made no sense to me. I had that written down too. I but I think that gets to something that's kind of funny and neat picky about this whole movie is there actually okay. is like a surprising amount of well-researched science that goes They're in the background of it. Yeah, to make it make sense. They talk, they name check the Kamongo. They talk about Rotenone. Like one, like one of the main points in this thing is Rotenone, which continues to this day to be a pesticide, pesticide and an insecticide for yeah. the properties that they use in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. And even the Kamongo, like we don't call them that anymore, right? They're they're that was just used to refer to various species of lungfish, but still, that's it. It is. But it was weird. something they were discovering at the time of like this is yeah. a primordial interlink thing between fish and mammals. But, but Mark, your your point to it not coming up narratively is the one that is the most notable to me because they do. There's a whole scene where she notes like, "What are they doing?" It's like, "Oh, they have to stay there for a few minutes so they can normalize the pressure." It's like. They're a foot below the water. Well, and that's I think not- yeah, they're not doing it that well. Um, but I do think there's something that's sort of this is another time capsule thing, where at this point we've become way more efficient at script writing. That anything that's in there is in there for a reason and is tipping the hand toward like things that right. will be leveraged later. Versus right. back in the day, they were just like, we found all this cool shit during research. Just write it in there. <laughs> it's, it, I don't really care if it matters to the story or not. They're gonna be they're, they'll have bends, so let's take a minute to explain the bends to the people. But it, I, mean, I found it charming. Oh yeah, it's extremely charming. I love that shit because at a certain point, now with the modern eye, we're looking at it like, oh, this is this is Chekhov's bends. But it never yeah. actually comes back up. It never just... happens at all. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where it's like, you can't come up this fast. The pressure. He's like, no, there's a monster down there. And he doesn't. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was, I guess we were wrong about what the bends is because you were 30 feet down. There's also, no yeah, you're only like deep. 30 feet down. You can basically like, whatever. I mean, they do have compressed oxygen at that point. So I don't know how bad that would be, but whatever. You'd have a bad headache, I think. The bends element, I don't feel was needed. 
It wasn't. I mean, it was no, needed. That's, this that's is an what's charming about movie. it, Jake. It's not needed at all. But oh, it's we like in it. There, we like and it. And that's yeah, what's cool. But it. it also was needed because this was an 82 minute movie. <laughs> well, yeah, you could have made like a 76 minute movie. Speaking of the 82 minute movie, okay. So an, a nitpick that I had was that they do the legwork of the film, and then it does feel to me to be anticlimactic, climactic, climactic at the end, <laughs> um, where the okay, she gets they they shoot it like 700 times and then it waddles off and they follow it and then it just sinks and the movie just ends like i feel like at that point okay you were all about not killing They're it setting and, up for a sequel doing buddy. fucking hell no not at this point go and get it like it includes there was a sequel else. that came out the next year jake the sequel came out in 1955 Did it really? yeah the, the creature yeah. gets revenge or oh something shit like i need to see that movie see this is a bit of a blind spot there are two too. sequels to this movie are they good Have they came out in 1955 them? and 1956 they cranked these fuckers oh, out i love it what happened he was dead though right he was definitely I don't think dead. so he was definitely dead dude i, I mean, mean i have i have movie, not seen yes. either of the sequels and i'm guessing the by the way jack I... reacted to that he has also not seen oh, the sequels oh fuck no i just said i was a total blind spot for me uh, I, I still feel like there's Jake, a weird Mark said end. Jack, and Mark was correct in saying, Jack, you confused us. You confused yourself and me. No, I didn't confuse anything. I, was I, I just assumed that he's referring to the opposite of who we are. How hard point. my job is of keeping your two. No, 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 no. Jake no. confused himself. For I'm not me. confused. <laughs> I'm very not confused at this point in time. <laughs> okay. You're talking like a Scientology convert. <laughs> what? Uh, hey, what is happening? <laughs> when they. When they shoot it the first, or when they drug it the first time, right, and it comes up and it's stumbling around above water, mm-hmm. and then it just like drops into that pool of water and goes deep down. The waiting pool. Our hero <laughs> says, "Don't. If it has gills, it will suffocate." What? That doesn't make any sense. What the fuck? So, are you it fell into the water. Accurate, actually, surprisingly accurate. This if is a rotenone thing. Rotenone is processed through the gills. You actually, I went on a whole deep dive on rotenone. This isn't accurate. Because I did want to know whether or not it was accurate. The statement is still not accurate. (laughs) No, the statement sounds like it's perfectly accurate. It actually is. Rotenone is is most bioavailable if it is aspirated through the gills. So if if you have gills and you're swimming in water that has rotenone in it, then you will poison yourself. But if you were to say... Because this is why I was looking it up. Since the dude has a spray gun that just puts rotenone everywhere, it does get absorbed through the skin, but it's much, much less uh, bioavailable, for lack of a better term, if you're exposed to it cutaneously versus if you're inhaling it through your gills. Okay. Holy, so that was just a deep rotenone cut. Yeah, it's a deep rotenone cut. <laughs> wow. So this movie, movie, never mind. So this movie did understand science, I guess. Yeah. Neat I, that's that the was neat fucking pick rad, here. There's that's a lot amazing. of amazing. But Holy that's, shit. I mean, that's specifically why it's used as a pesticide because it, and I keep saying pesticide yeah. for fish, not pesticide for insects. I, uh, I get it. But that's why. Is it because it's because it's more effective if it's aspirated, and I'm using that word incorrectly too, but if it's if it's breathed through the gills. Interesting. Well, well, hold on then. I might still have a nitpick with him. Okay. Is it suffocating if you can't if you have to stop absorbing oxygen through gills i think suffocating refers specifically to breathing air so maybe it's the wrong word there but it disrupts the it disrupts the uh, process of converting adp to atp yeah okay i'm just switching my yeah i think that would be a tough that's what i that's what i I don't know that we have a great word nitpick cellular biology vocabulary (laughs) word yeah don't don't do that 
<laughs> the, it actually becomes like a 95 minute movie because like okay they get out they get out like a whiteboard and they start the or like an easel and they start talking about like here's how rote known works and here's this the is an educational film here's the <laughs> definition of suffocation <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see i'm using this correctly and let me just underline a few things and uh yeah <laughs> No. I don't really get how the cave system works because they it keep doesn't. diving down like 40 feet, entering the cave system, the walking horizontally, and then coming out, out above ground, in, above in water, the, <laughs> above ground, yeah. like four feet above ground because he jumps down yeah. out of the cave. There, there is, there is a water to the depth that I'm assuming you could get the bends, maybe, and then there's a cave, and then you're above ground again. It's just pools. And the cave, and the cave, you enter like a dry dock. Yeah, like you swim up underneath it. Well, that makes sense so, to me. That that's well, but real. if it, but if if it's open on the other side, well, it shouldn't be open on the other side. Is the nitpick? But they leave on the other <laughs> side. You know, it's open on the other side. But they that leave part and then jump make down sense. to get to the beach. That part does not make sense. The leaving part shouldn't happen. That shouldn't exist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The leaving part, and and the fact, and so aside from all of that, the fact that they know there's an exit to the cave, and the thing lives in the cave, and when it runs away with Julie Adams's character. They just like, okay, let's dive after it and put on all that bullshit instead of just going to the entrance that we know is like 30 feet over there. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I had that in a pick too. Yeah. I uh, uh, My last... Oh, go, go, while, go. While, go. We're, while we're being generally skeptical of the narrative devices of this movie, I'm very skeptical that the bundle of twigs that A, they can't uh, winch out uh, would prevent an actual like steamer from getting out of this lagoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, to their defense, they show it underwater later, and it's like a whole root system of a tree that was felled. But from the top, from the scenes that they were shooting, from the top, it's, it's one small tree. Very clearly, just a bundle of twigs. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, and right before that scene, when he's fighting, when the not main character who was hanging out, um, on the boat, like while they went in to look for him, the like captain um, guy. Yeah. I like him. He's one of my favorite. While he's characters. fighting off the monster, he like picks up a lan- lantern because he realizes it's scared of fire and light and is wielding this lantern that at no point is illuminated. There is never a fire in this lantern, and it's the monster's scared of it, and that he's waving it around like smart there's enough fire to know that it. fire could be in it. <laughs> Maybe it just doesn't know how far Maybe it works. this is a neat pick too. <laughs> You know, like it's maybe just flips the switch stupid. and there's fire there. All no, it's not. It's very smart. Oh, God, it's very, it's smart. very stupid. It's very smart, Gilman. But it's like they they try also. There's at one point where they try to focus Gilman. the light through it, so like it looks like where he's pointing it is where the light is going. But he's swinging it around so wildly that shot like breaks immediately. <laughs> I would <laughs> almost be inclined like to say that they like didn't want the they didn't want the safety and liability issues associated with having an open flame on set, but also it was the 1950s, so that definitely wasn't a real thing. I, I bet it was. I mean, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Every <laughs> fucking person on that set was burning heat. Always. <laughs> Much more likely was that they uh, they just Ran when they did it, it was hard, too hard to film because they shot that at night, right? Yeah, and then that's when a good they had point. the light, it probably like blew out the the camera. It reminds me. It reminds me of uh, reading up on the background of the lighthouse when they shot that, and they were shooting with with the lighting that was like seven million lumens because the film they were using could only pick up like the faintest signal. So, uh, Robert Pattinson and I'm blanking on the other uh, shit. Help me out, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Thank you. <laughs> we're basically just staring at what is literally a blinding light for like the entire the, the day sun. Of shooting. They're yeah, staring, they're staring this, directly the into the they're, sun. They're both blind now. <laughs> Into the trivia. Yeah. 
Hey, read up on it. It's super cool the way they filmed that movie. <laughs> on it was it was on like twenty no, millimeter I, film or something. Yeah. Like that I movie mean, is like a real film nerd movie. Yeah, oh, exactly. My God, there's a lot of stuff to chew on there. <laughs> I love it, but oh my God. I have another very specific nitpick. Yes. Oh boy, which is so the the when the creature kidnaps Julie Adams slash Julia Julia Adams, Sailor Julie slash Julia Sailor Julie they she the the creature picks her up and instead of lifting her from like the shoulders and knees like you would normally carry a person, it it carries her from like the fore butt and the post butt. It's the the, the arms are. Six inches apart butt. at most, and maybe that was, was a constriction. Costume? Maybe that was a constriction yeah. of the costume, but also the way that it's carrying her is the weirdest I've ever seen a human being carried on film, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, that is my. That is back. very specific. You're right. You sold. You that should correctly. go back and watch it. It's weird looking. It's fucking weird looking. It didn't. It didn't my, catch my eye. I don't know. I'll have to go back. My last nitpick was just: is the movie saying that this is the perfect like? evolutionary structure that they found this fossil that's millions of years old but also it's exactly the same as the creature that currently exists didn't need to evolve anymore well yeah. i mean you also don't necessarily have to evolve if there's no evolutionary pressure that's there's not no how need. evolution yeah. works evolution isn't intelligent it's a random walk through life so right but this was this was like th- there's there was an alligator gar in those waters mark they showed an alligator gar in one of the early scenes of underwater so there were fucking predators there yeah, and this thing would have punched it in the face. Hard. So it was the perfect evolutionary form that supports my first point. Yeah, okay, so yes. cool. It was perfect <laughs> in the sense that it responded well to all the evolutionary pressures that it had. It had already and also completed. possibly these creatures live for thousands of years. What else could perfect evolutionary form mean except for that? Julia Adams. Thank uh, you. That's a really good counterpoint. Yeah. That's a really, really... Let's go to ratings on that, because I'm not doing any... I got nothing to say to that. In the shuffling We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Nadia, we would rate nuns. We would have nun free zones with a sign that says, No nuns, no nuns, none. And for 10, think about Laszlo, we would rate his boy Sean. Because he's my best friend, he's my pal, he's my homeboy, my rotten soldier, he's my sweet cheese, my good time boy. Stories, the first category to treat these movies. Jake, this was oh, your pick. You Rate the thing for story. Almost didn't say my name. That almost happened. It was so close to happening, Jack. I started with a hard J. Yeah, you were going to throw yeah, it to yourself. A, there, was a, there was a pause. There Jack! Was, was a pause. <laughs> this was What's not my z- pick. Jake, you go. <laughs> I gave it a six and a half for story. So fairly simple here. I do want to give it some props for like the fact that we talked about uh, how forward thinking this is and its stance in terms of like really scientific thought, which is cool. I'm also not the scientist on this podcast, but I thought it was really interesting to listen to you guys talk about some of those things. This is a simple movie that I think hits all the right beats and is a relatively straightforward monster movie that sticks like it, it holds its ground. It's good. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go second. I give it a seven. I mean, this is, this is kind of a judicious lack thereof story rating. Right. But I mean, it sets up a really simple world where this whole thing can unfold, and it does a really good job of it, and there's some nuanced writing in there that I like a whole lot. Mark! Yeah, I mean, same boat. I guess I came in lowest. I gave it a six. And I think what I'm penalizing for is it's really more of an estuary than a lagoon. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, how dare they? (laughs) 
Um, I actually don't really, know what it is after the cave nitpick. Well, it's not a lagoon, is the strange thing. It's like objectively not yeah, a lagoon. It, the one thing it definitely isn't, isn't is a lagoon. Is a lagoon. <laughs> yeah. um, but all of that aside, I mean, yeah, it's forward looking in a way that is sort of enlightening from being 70 years old, but also it's mostly judicious like the road. 70 I don't have years to old. Wow. Almost, almost. It's 68, Jesus. I think. Jesus. So, yeah. Six. Diver. Six. I give it a well, six. That's going to take us to the world building and immersion. Jake, what is your world building and immersion score? Gave it a six here. Uh, better than average for sure. There is a bit of a, I don't know, ceiling on these sorts of movies. It is almost 70 years old. Like, it shows its age. And it, I think, is immersive for that. I was actually impressed at the level of immersion that I felt. But a lot of that, I think, was due to how surprised I was by the story and how well that held up those little elements that I did put into story. So I'm not going to like double count them, but at the same time, like you're watching a movie that is almost 70 years old. Like there are things that show how dated it is and that there's a, there's a cap to it and the world is fairly simple as well. So I give it an eight for world building okay. immersion. I, I was really high w- one. I, I agree with you. There is a cap to it, and I think this is the cap of <laughs> what old movies can be. Okay. Like, this is the highest. This is as immersed as I've ever been in an old movie. I was really happy to have watched it for Lost uh, Rocking Horror Worlds way back when, and I was really, really happy that you picked it again, so I got to watch it again. It's really watchable. There is some, for some reason, the the stuff about like the writing they didn't need to do that's in there is really charming and is really enjoyable. The whole thing works pretty well for me doesn't hurt that is full of hunks and julie adams all of them are just charming it's it's delightful i was enthralled i very much enjoyed he's watching the up. whole thing he's tearing I, up it's, you know it's a painful it's hard being a kid you know <laughs> uh i give it an eight look i was enthralled by this thing uh i do like the world they build even if it isn't a lagoon it is a cool weird <laughs> that's know. the biggest fault it has really yeah, yeah. mark what's your world building immersion score? i gave it i gave it a six and a half uh and i'm i am appreciative of how high you went jack i think that ultimately if you're Recommending this in a modern aspect, it does still have its drawbacks, but it stands up remarkably well to aging, and that's that's really what we're highlighting here. I think this is a slight tilt up for me above what it actually probably is, but just recognizing the... I, I like it when classics are able to still be watched without much of like an additional explanatory Effort. note behind them. You know what I mean? Like Nosferatu. Absolutely. Not like Nosferatu. Like Nosferatu. Nosferatu is the good example of the thing that require that is awesome, but still requires a substantial no. explanatory yeah. note. I, this no, is I the one that great. I think stands. <laughs> I you're going to end that sentence with substantial. That still requires a substantial. <laughs> no, I had to breathe. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> uh, Nosferatu. Yeah, Nosferatu yeah, yeah. is great, but you have to kind of explain your way through the entire thing. This one, I feel like you can put on, and it's just a fun watch. And I mean, granted, this movie came out I think 20 plus years after Nosferatu, so yeah. that's not really a fair comparison. Nosferatu is 20. 28, so yeah, I mean, so almost 30. Almost, yeah, it's just shy of 30 years uh, difference there. But, I mean, aside from that, this is a fun, like, I think this is probably being informed a little bit with the fact that I went back and watched this with my mother-in-law, who doesn't watch a lot of horror movies, but does watch a lot of, like, Turner Classic, like, black and white stuff. Sure. And she had a f- hell of a fun time going back and watching this. Wait, had she and- never seen this movie? Did we already clarify this? I actually didn't ask her that. I feel like she probably had, but, you know. I mean, she knew about Julia Adams' legs, so. 
Well, but she knew. Yeah, I mean, Juliet. <laughs> this isn't the only thing that she did. Well, I'm sure she not. Okay, that's fine. These are different things. Okay, I mean, we're not getting into this. That. Shares some similarities with Roman Holiday, and as far as like old black and white movies go, that's people. One of people's favorites. We haven't. Okay. We haven't talked about yet the the world building of the lagoon either, which I do feel like is is pretty good, and it feels well like contained within itself. Of the estuary. The only nitpick really I have from the world building side is the cave system, and whatever. That's a pretty minor thing. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's going to take us into Scare Factor. Jake, what is your Scare Factor score? Low. It's low. I gave it a two. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, It's old, and there's not a ton going on here anyway. Like, I, This probably would have been a lot more shocking in 1954. Not probably. It just was. Um, I think that that creature suit looks fucking fantastic still. And I'm interested to see how that would have hit then. Uh, the, the other thing that I have to say is that I actually creepiest scene in this movie for me and i actually was kind of surprised by it was when they capture the gill man and they have him on the boat kind of like in that holding tank and you just like there's the static shot that it keeps going back to of like him underneath the water in there and it's just like the face the eyes and the mouth just like sitting there static shot it's creepy i don't know why but that shot creeped me out and it kept going back to it and it kind of gave me the willies a little bit so that's what keeps it from being like at the bottom i was close to one and a half that's what brought it up to a two uh, I give it a three here. I, I agree with you, but there are some scenes that are creepy. I think there are, I mean, underwater shit is scary. But it was beautiful. The scene where she's swimming. Yeah. It was beautiful. The, the, the swimming in the Amazon River that is just like, whatever. You're, you're get you're, you're signing your own wart. You're going to get et by a piranha <laughs> and squeezed by an anaconda. Someone's going to go up your urethra and fuck oh, you yeah. all up. Do oh, not Lord. pee, because there are fish that will swim right up there. Yeah. Um, but... But there, so it, what, the interesting choice here is the villain. The 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 monster isn't the villain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first movies that did this, where the the monster is a very identifiable character. Sure, like you, you very clear, and you learn that pretty early on. Yeah. So the monster isn't a villain. You know, he's not really trying to hurt people, so that isn't really scary. But these scenes of like where she's swimming and he's just like touching her heel, she's like, "What's that underwater?" Are a little bit creepy. And the other one that really freaked me out was. The one I've talked about a lot, where he sidles, slides down under that rock underwater, like that's the way he moves. Weird thing, so fucking fantastic. I need to like watch that scene again because I don't even know. It looks good, but it's not creepy. It is creepy. So it's a three for me. It's not very scary, but there are aspects. Mark, I dream of a future where Jack and I go snorkeling together, and I just like swim down by a rock, and he goes, "Ooh, that's so creepy." Oh, I am not a water boy. I okay. am not either. Oh, dude, I like the water boys. It's a great band. <laughs> Fuck. Also, my ear tubes are L-shaped, so I can't really go more than like five feet underwater without my ear tubes. He'll get the, he'll See, get the I bend. thought the same he'll thing, the too, and then you underwater. swim down, and you normalize for a second, and then you swim down again. <laughs> That's how it works? Yeah. That is, that is literally how it works, Jack. Especially if you're Mark, my ear tubes have burst underwater. I've passed out underwater before. That's bad. Don't do that. Yeah, I try not to. Stay what category surface, am I weighing in on? Scare Factor. Uh, scare Factor. Scare Factor. Uh, we circled the raggeds. <laughs> I gave it a two and a half. My God. I have literally nothing to add here. It's creepy because of the points where it like reaches out and grabs people, but and, and, and because of its inspirations for Jaws and stuff like that. But other than that, it's it's an old movie. Whatever. It's not that scary. Yep. Let's get into effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake? Eight and half. Uh, this is where this movie really shines for me. I The... the Gilman's costume, the underwater cinematography is incredible. And it that that's kind of what it does, but it also does it 
insanely well, and it should lead to a high score. I don't have a lot else to add here. I kind of put the score in the middle, and we talked about that. I think it's good. gets a little old, but mostly this is visuals, and I think it did a great job. Yeah, I gave it a 9, and at that point, you're trying to justify why you didn't give it a 10. For me, it's the lack of, like, innovation, right? I guess there isn't really, like, it's not pushing the boundaries in any kind of effect. I mean, I honestly don't know. That that sort of underwater uh, yeah, filming could have been very amazing. innovative, Jack. It could have been. It's fucking amazing. And they had a whole second crew doing all the underwater shots in Florida while they filmed the movie elsewhere. But really, really, really unbelievably cool effects movie. Everything looks amazing. I can't even imagine, like now it's like i can figure out how they do it but like it's it'd be very complicated to film a scene like as cool as the underwater scenes are with yeah. everything we have now and they did in the 50s there's That's there's a lot here where like safety regulations kind of ruined everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's super great that no one suffocated to death <laughs> or drowned while making that this movie. you know of <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the history books were yeah. able right, to record. But if they had, they would have just left them in the Florida Keys. So <laughs> <laughs> There's a place called Kokomo. Um, <laughs> I gave it a seven, and I guess I'm the one left out cold on this. I think the main reason here is downwardly correcting it a little bit for history and then upwardly correcting it for how well it looks from a practical standpoint. The main thing I had penalized it for was the audio mixing, which we had already highlighted, so I don't really need to elaborate on that. This is a good, this is a really good effects movie. You guys probably are more accurate than I am, and I'm fine with that, so there you go. All right, let's take us into overall. Jake, what is your overall score? Uh, I gave it a six and a half. This thing, again, I'm kind of capping it a little bit here, I guess. Like, my enjoyment of this movie, uh, we're counting for, like, how old it is and all that stuff, is lower than some movies that I'll see that have been made much more recently, and I think that that's a thing. Like, that, that's okay. It's a very good movie. I feel a little bad about giving it that sort of score, but when I think about, like, this objectively perfect rating system that we keep and even the amount that I'm willing to just go with what the overall is, not as a mathematical equation, like, it's hard for me to put it much higher than that because it's a total time capsule. Time capsule. Time capsule. <laughs> but, 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 but. Uh, look, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I gave it an eight. Uh, this, this is a wonderful You agree with movie. me and you this gave is... it a much higher score. Yeah, okay. yeah. What what you said is right, but for me, this is this is the movie that that holds up the of all old horror movies. This one holds up the best. Like this Fact. is the easiest yes. to watch. It's wonderful, unassailably yeah. correct. I okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with easiest to watch for sure. Like unequivocally. And, yeah, and it, it's just it's 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 just a treat. I was like I I watched this five or six months ago and when you picked again i was delighted to get to watch it again this movie is just just very very fun to watch it's not without its issues but it is pretty wonderful mark i gave it a six and a half which means i agreed with jake and i gave it the same score and since you agreed with jake i also agree with jack and i have nothing to add here <laughs> oh god that's a weird triangle <laughs> let's get into the thumbs up thumbs down and i think this should be a short segment jake should be super short it's it's, it's it th the thumbs are pointing north. I don't know. Up. Yes. Yep. Up. Up. From watch, this watch guy. the movie. If you want to watch an old movie, this is the one. Go. It's great. Seriously. There's nobody you. There is nobody with whom you could not watch this yeah. movie. This is better than the Wolfman. This is better than any of the vampire Dracula movies. This is better than the Mummy. What one? It's am easier I to watch like than any of the Dracula one. movies. This is better than Invisible Man. This is the best Universal Pictures monster movie. 
out there. It, it, this is the uh, horror classic that you should yeah. watch. It's also a little Thumbs later up. than some of the others. Which yeah, I mean, it, it benefits a lot from 20 years of film yeah. knowledge. Like, yeah, some of the others That is later, absolutely true and shouldn't be understated. Yeah. Like, Nosferatu is, is notable in its own right for being as early as it was, but... All that aside, yeah, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not willing to say this is a better movie than that. But I am willing to say it's much easier to watch. Yeah, it's uh, thumbs up, uh, thumbs ups all around. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Yep, let's do it. This has been episode 215 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are all going to be right down there in the links in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're still here hanging out with us and you're interested in what we have going on, it is probably a good time to consider becoming a Patreon member. All of that money, all the proceeds, they're going to continue going to Feeding America. If you missed that at the top of the episode, because we want that money to go to somewhere that actually needs it. And hey, if you're a Patreon member, you get the peace of mind to know that that's happening and you're going to get the same great content that you otherwise would anyway. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is down there in the description below as well. And next week, let's fast forward it to a much more recent movie than 1950-whatever for... I don't know what this was anymore. It's late in the episode. We're going to go with Get Out. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, a bit different. Looking forward to it, though. A little, little bit. Looking forward to it, though. going to be a different, <laughs> different discussion for sure. Uh, and until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everyone. I am fucking obsessed with Mel's Hole. I really like the Darzava gas crater, Darvaza gas crater. And this, I would that, love to see are... your dating profile, Jack. <laughs>